0: You're listening to the Purpose Driven Person Podcast. This podcast is made for leaders unwilling to give up their desires to be purpose driven. Guys, I made this show for a compass for you to have more purpose in leadership through four concepts, creation, communication, collaboration, and connection in both business and in life. My name is Matthew Leland Cox. I'm the founder of Never Give Up Youth Healing Center, Never Give Up Wellness Center, and Never Give Up Foundation. You can find me at matthewlelandcox.com. Are you ready? Well, let's do this. What affects you in your workplace when it comes to communication in the workplace? And how do we communicate effectively with our bosses and our coworkers? So we're going to be talking about that today because I want to move up into the company or I just want to have a happy, stable job where I communicate health of with a healthy approach with those I either work with my coworkers or my boss. So we're going to be talking about that. But um and and it's a hot topic. I've been uh working with some clients and just some personal friends and 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 individuals over the last few months and and you know that's a huge topic I hear all the time is issues happening in the workplace, drama, little things that happen. How do we do it? The um Unprofessional management that comes from the top down, or just the how the managers can't communicate it. And where's our responsibility to the line to communicate what our needs are? So that's huge. And 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 sometimes is it a right fit? And I know the economy is hard, and I know that we sometimes have to you know buck up and stay in it um, until we can find something. But hopefully the economy will start coming back, but that's not my expertise, so I won't talk about the economy. (laughs) I don't know anything about it, so only little bits. So um, I know that a lot of times we hold on to things because that is the only thing we have, and that's okay. How do we be in that and become the best at what we're doing at the moment? And get satisfaction on what we're doing because we love it or it's okay and it's a great job. It's easy, it brings us income and so forth. We're gonna be talking about those things. Now a little background so you understand where I'm coming from. I do have an MBA, it's an mmpa and I usually never even mention my degrees, but in my masters, it is a master of management and public administration. What that is is basically it does evolve around, you know, business and how to manage and what we're doing and how the dichotomy of a business works where the communication structure and all those things. So that's where I'm coming from. But I'm going to do a little different spin on the traditional management that we learn in books. What we're going to be talking about is managing by values. And I'm going to reference to a book. It is called Managing by Values by Ken uh, Bircher and Michael O'Connor. And it's a great book. They're the ones that the One Minute Manager. They, they created that book and also some other ones. So I encourage you to go get that book. It's called Managing by Values. So if you're driving and you're a manager, this book is for you. you. It will change the way you manage because there is not one style. There's a million ways to do something, but it's also the effective way to get people to move because every human need and the greatest human need is to feel valued. So if your people don't feel valued, and they don't feel like they want to move forward. So if you have a small business, a big business, or you work for a big corporation, you no, know, it doesn't matter. Or if you work for the city, which is a whole different style of management, and we'll talk about a little difference of city management versus co- <coughs> community management, excuse me. And also we'll talk about big corporate, corporate America management, which is a whole nother uh, different types. And, and so how do you function? What are some issues? So let's talk about different types of management styles. we got the type of boss that I'm going to go through three different types today. And I'll just overview them, and then we'll come back to them. Is one is we have what's called the controlling manager. That controlling manager is always controlling the situation and what we're doing. They're either micromanaging. They want the power. They're very power-driven. In other words, they'll always say, somebody doesn't have power here. What are you doing? they don't have the authority. What are you doing? You know, they're always kind of on everybody, but they're managing from either a desk or they're managing from a space so they don't really come in and get to know the person. They're they're managing in a system of power or they're trying to look for that power control. And so a lot of times when you have those kind of managers, it's very frustrating because they really don't know you as a coworker or as a, an employee. So it's hard. Then you have what's called the weakling manager. And the weakling manager is interesting because they are always worried about budget. They're scared to take risk. And they're always playing to the board of directors if there's a board of directors or the upper management. And they always end up throwing somebody else and taking the blame, pushing the blame onto somebody else. And those are called weakling managers because they don't want to own or they don't want to lead. They're just worried and they're trying to manage. And so they manage from a state of fear. So you have these two, controlling and weakling. We're going to call them managing from a state of fear. That's what I'm going to tell, and that's how I'm going to point to those two areas. So if you hear me say that, if we're managing from a state of fear, it falls under one of those categories. Then we have the really strong manager, which we call the empowering manager. The empowering manager is an, an interesting form of management because what that does is the empowering manager will take your abilities and they'll see the talents you have, and they'll help you grow. They'll help you push and learn more. They're always encouraging you to stretch further than what you have as far as the abilities that you don't see. And that's what the empowering, they want to make sure when they leave their business, if it's a small business, that manager wants to make sure when they leave and go on vacation or they go somewhere if they're a business owner, that their workers are empowered and that they can do what they can without any problem now i i loved when i was in my schooling that i researched and one of the companies i, I loved researching was ben and jerry's ice cream not only do i love it because i love all the you know the different types of uh, ice cream the ones with the recess oh, my favorite anyways i'm, I'm digressing here because ice cream it goes you know oof. so ice cream is really a good economy for them because ben and jerry started out on a five dollar lesson on how to make ice cream and they turned it in a multi-million dollar business But one thing in their culture, if you study their employee culture, is they did manage by values. They let the individuals be who they are, and they encouraged to have it as a co work or an employee environment that they can do and be and have their personalities so they love coming to work. And they did all sorts of fun things within their business. Some of the things that Ben and Jerry would do is always they were constantly praising the value of their employees and they they made it and a lot of it in their franchises it went very well and they were very successful in different franchises of 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 selling ice cream in the early stages of uh, Ben and Jerry's and so it was a huge huge tool. Another one I loved is is as you read the biography or the the life of uh, Sam Walton. He's another great icon in in the world of business. When he was alive, uh, I feel that you know Walmart was starting out and Sam Walton what he would do is he would walk or actually drive around and find individuals or fly or go around and they, he would personally pick out ones that would help him grow his business so he'd see somebody working at another store or somewhere in the community and then he would approach him and say hey i'd love you to run one of my stores and that's how he personally picked the talent and then he would personally be involved to help them grow and he'd help in nurturing them and so in the early phases of walmart um it did very well because of the values in the system that Sam Walton put in, and a lot of times they'll go away from those because then corporate America, as you get bigger it, it seems to actually as i've I've studied and read and and seen it personally and experience of working in a lot of those, the value system kind of goes away because then it becomes a dollar system, and we'll talk about those two different things. And then you have other ones so there's a lot of different examples we can go on and on and on but this is where you have to decide so let's start out here i'm going to give you three areas before we go to break and talk about these three areas then we'll come back and we're going to be talking about the communication and how it works and how do we uh, manage by values but how do i be an employee by value also because what if my company doesn't manage by values and i'm just a number and I, if I don't make the profit, I'm gone. Or they treat me in a bad way. Or let's say you're in an industry that the customers are rude. And those customers don't want to help you. They're rude to you. And so every day it's, like, stressful. And you come home and you take that stress into your home. And then you translate it or you... You you transfer it over to your family because you don't know how to leave it at the door and not bring the stress home. So we're going to be talking about the different types. So Number one, when we talk about managing by values, this is huge, and this is uh, coming from that book that we talked about, Managing by Values. I encourage you to go get it. And so here's number one, be ethical in anything you do, be responsible, and also then the last thing is be profitable. And I love how they work those, two thing, those three areas because if you're ethical, you're doing the right thing. You're trying to take care of your customers. So let's talk about the industry I serve in with the mental health and the behavioral health is that you know being ethical is doing the right thing for what the customer needs. Because in the social work industry, there's a lot of ways, and especially the, the, the environment, you can cut corners, you can do a lot of things, and you can get around it. And, and it's not being ethical because who gets hurt is the customer. In any, any, any area that you want. And it's also there's a responsibility for some areas in some economies and some uh, systems that you work in is that the customer needs to be ethical. But that's hard because you can't control that on that side. So hopefully if you're a customer, you're a consumer, always remember that. You need to also be ethical. There's a responsibility on both parts. And so it's, it's, a, it's a hard one. And then be responsible to what you're doing. and and be responsive uh, to to situations, I want to throw that in, is that when a concern comes up, don't make it them versus us, because I've seen this a lot in the industry I work in, and also because we're working with parents and their children, where the parent comes because they're the customer, because if it's a minor, that's how it works, is the parent comes to get services, but a lot of times when the parent comes and they're still not feeling like the services are done... What occurs is them versus us kind of mentality. This is a concept that goes in business a lot. Is that the the company the the, the person taking care of the services gets offended because they're not responsive. They're just they react, and so the, a lot of times, well, that parent's just too needy or blah blah. blah, blah. And, and you do have needy customers, but that's not our problem. It, it's you serve the customer as best as you can. And then there's a part where you try to set the healthy boundaries with the customer. But if you're a business, your problem is is who do you want to take care of? You have to define that first. Who are your customers? So if you're going to take care of all customers, that means needy, everything, the ones that need more, that you have to pay attention more, then that's your responsibility as a company if you paint that out. Now, as a company, if you never have went down and showed it to your, your employees, Here's the type of customer we're gonna serve. Then it's on your head as a manager because you haven't defined the, the expectation. And so when you get that needy customer and nobody's been trained on it, then it's the it you know, it rolls uphill, then it's the responsibility of the leadership. Because the leadership is not defining and putting out what they want from their coworkers when they have to deal with those needy customers. And some customers are really hard, and I'm staying on the customer because you have to take care of them because that is the livelihood of your business. doesn't matter, and but sometimes there is a responsibility on that side. So we're going to come back to that, but those are the three things. So when we we're going to break, be ethical, be responsive, and be profitable. So we went to break. We're talking about communication in the workplace. How do we do this? And I I spent a lot of focus on the customer and defining that. And the customer is the customer, but to keep your business from moving forward, that is the golden thing. You have to take care of your customers, and you have to move forward to making sure that their needs are met, regardless of the volume of the customer, if it's a high need, if it's a middle need, you're going to have all different types of customers. So I have, a, I have a nice quote, and then we're going to go into some management styles. Uh, when aligning around and shaping values and uniting in a common mission, orderly people accomplish extraordinary th- results. And that's just a quote I, I wanted to read to you as we get into this. And that's what it is, is aligning around and shaping around a value that you all can you know unite in. Because if everybody's on their own agenda in a workplace, so let's start here. And so here's where we're going with this is if I have a company, a lot of times if you see the company structure and all the education I've done and and also just being out there and working with so many companies, uh, going down to L.A. a lot and doing staff developments and training schools and teachers and other businesses is the big thing what I always see is a very common theme. I see that they'd manage and they'd govern by the top down, which is normal. That's how we've been taught is a lot of times what happens is, is is the value system is they manage here, then they go here, and then they manage downward. So a lot of times they'll say, I'm the boss, and then they go forward. Now, if you really look at it and when it comes to value systems, I'm going to read one more quote because I think this quote is very important. It says, in any in a company that's truly managed by its values, there is one boss, the company's values. And that's really where it comes to, is that if you manage correctly, and why would it be so important to have the company values there? Because if I have the value system, and my values there, when I'm left as, as a boss, if I'm a small business, and if I say I have to do it or it doesn't get done— because the problem with small business owners is it has the I factor a lot because big business, you can get everybody to do it for you because you have the money to do it. But as a small business owner, you have a stress that sometimes you feel, if I don't do it, it doesn't get done. So there comes the I and team, which we know there is no I in team. But a lot, of, a lot of smaller business owners that I've coached, they get stressed because they think if I don't get it done, Susie or Johnny is not going to do it. So therefore, I better go back and spend long hours. But what the disconnect is and what they're having a problem is that the company doesn't communicate their values clearly. Because here's the problem. Most companies, and I say most, they have a mission statement. Now, if you go in the, and they've done studies, a lot of, you know, Harvard business and a lot of them done studies where they have went around and asked the businesses and, and their coworkers, do you know what the mission statement is? And it was a very high percentage that a lot of them didn't know what the mission statement was in their own company because it's never communicated on a weekly or daily basis. It's just something that hangs on the wall, but doesn't really run from the top down. And so it's hard because then a lot of those uh, companies don't really get the direction they need. So when that small business owner leaves, if you're one driving in the car, you're going, yeah, I'm stressed, Matt. I don't know what to do. It's because the value system is not taught on a daily basis. It's just like in the home as a parent. So if I'm a parent and I go in the home, I'm going to teach a system of values for my kids and my people in the home. Because what happens is if I teach a value system and I leave, they'll govern themselves. And they'll believe in it because there's a buy-in factor in everything. And and then we, we were talking about in the different styling when we have corporate America, small business, and we have city management, which is a whole different animal. There's three different systems there that run different. Because a lot of them, small business, you have more freedom to to create this value system. Big corporate America, it's hard because they, they run because they're so big. And there's some companies that do it very effectively if you research it. Um, you know, the one I love is Pickstar, if you re- really want to look at their culture and their community culture. And then our local one, I was really impressed by them, is, um, is Zappos.com. If you ever go take a tour over there, they have hit it on the nail as far as value systems. And they're a great economy to look at as far as when you go in and if you want to structure your business around values, Zappo, they figured it out and they understand it. Because if they don't get the employees to buy in, even if it's a mundane thing, ordering shoes and you're a customer service rep, that's still a big piece because that customer service rep, if they're not valued, they don't feel like they're in part of a, a culture and they love their their job they're not going to take the orders. They're going to make sure that it falls through. They're just going to do kind of a halfway job and the company loses money. Does that make sense? So you have to really look at it. So if you have a flow chart, if you say, if my company runs the way it should, it should look like this. You should have your company values, then your board of directors, and then your presidency. If you have like, you know, some companies will do too many execs and, and that causes too much. But if you do like the one executive or you have one executive and assistant, assistant director, or if you're a big corporate American and you have so much, let's say if you're a hotel and you have a big executive hotel manager, then all your little hotel managers, you can still run it by value system because that first top has to decide what is the values I want to treat my employees by. And I'm going to preach you all the day, all day long, and I know it sounds like it, but I'm just saying what is it that you want? Because it doesn't really matter what anybody else wants. Because if you want profitability, it's being those things ethical, responsive, and profitable. To get the profitable part is what all businesses are in business for. And the only way to get profit is to make sure that everybody's happy. And the only way to get people to be happy in systems of socialization is that you have to make sure their needs are met in the best way you can. Now you don't want to kill yourself because a lot of times it, you you got to make sure your your employees are healthy and well because sometimes no matter how well you do you're always going to have an unhappy one and that's where you have to really be strongly um, making sure you're out constantly communicating those things. So again, call in if you have any experiences because I love to talk about any um, ups and downs. I'm going to share some of the ones I've been shared with that uh, people have been in workplace and they're having. Disconnects or struggles with employees or employers again seven three one one two three zero, call in if you would like. We can talk about the different things and see where we can go with it. but and, and I can help you apply these values are fun and i I love it because it's it's a communication thing now we're all responsible. let's jump in this part because that's what I said we're heading is how do I communicate if my let's say the the job doesn't have values? And they're just, here's our mission statement, you're going to get it done no matter what, and this is what you're going to do X, Y, and Z, and if you don't do it, then you're out. Um, and a lot of them run it that way, because it is all about profit. And, and unfortunately, some are that way, and, and you got to decide, do you want to be in that environment? Because it really comes down to, and I know the economy is bad and everything, and you might have to stay in that environment, but how do you manage it and still be healthy, well, and, and okay? The thing is, you have to de-separate, is that it's what you do, it's not who you are. And so, if it's just something you make money with and it's something that you're trying to do, you have to show up with an attitude. I'm going to get up, I'm going to go do my best. And when I come out of it, I'm going to set aside whatever and then live beyond that. A lot of people wear and live their jobs, and it's hard, you know, even being in a social uh, kind of environment, social worker environment. A lot of times um, that's a high emotional environment because the workers themselves are very high emotionally driven because that's what they're doing. They're helping people constantly. So as a personal uh, approach, they're highly emotional themselves. So it's hard. So there's a lot of, of personal issues that come into the workplace or there's a lot of uh, different things. One of the kind of things you're going to combat a lot is, is the ego that drives in the workplace. Who's who's above who and where am I going And I want to get that promotion over this person. This happens in the hotel business a lot. I've watched and I've heard is a lot of times you have different managers, you know, the ones that check in these things and that. Uh, A lot of times it's a very driven social network that everybody's trying to get above everybody. And that's just one example. I know there's many other ones. And so it's hard to know where you're going. And so let's say that your boss, you come in, And maybe some of you can relate with this. Your boss is a moving target. It never makes sense what they want. They want one thing, and then the next thing, it's the next thing. And it's just this moving target has no consistency. How would that frustrate you? You know, think about that. If you come in and you're doing one thing, and then all of a sudden it changes, and they want this done, is that effective? Is that effective management, or is that managing out of fear again? you got the weakling. you got the controlling manager again. And so that would fall under more of the weakling manager because they can't be consistent because if they're driven out of fear and they're worried about the budget and they're worried about everything else, they're going to constantly keep moving their thing and not staying consistent because if you're consistent sometimes, you're going to get the payoff in the long run. So it's, it's whatever your business economy is, if you're doing a certain type of business. A lot of times it, it is all a gamble and it's all, you know, calculating your risk is going to lessen that risk factor. So if you do the research and you know if you stay consistent for a certain amount of the time, it's going to bring you out of that, that hole. But where managers get, get kind of caught up is they forget to bring the employees along with them. A lot of the leaders, there's difference between leadership and management. Le- management is you're going to tell them what to do and how to do it and you're going to make sure they know you're the boss. But leadership is that empowering leader that we talked about. So if you're listening and you're a manager, you got to listen to this point: is that you can manage. It's not about the title. The title is just that somebody seen something in you and gave you a cho- uh, gave you an opportunity to be the manager. So now, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to let it go to your head and it's going to become like Freudian? He says it's going to be a kind of an ego trip where you're going to show them that you're over them constantly and making sure they understand you're the boss. Or are you going to step up and do what a manager is really? It's a leader. It's a leadership role. It's a stewardship that you have to understand and you have to own. And that is managing by values. And so here's the biggest trick. I'm going to give you seven different areas we're going to hit on. We'll probably hit two and then hit break. So if you have any questions on them, is the process of clarifying your values. Is getting the owner's approval. If you're a manager, you got to make sure that that MBV process, the managing by values, is okay that your owners, your board members, all those people buy into it, because the CEO proves the, uh, his own input on it. They have to be; their values have to be in it also. And then the management team—this is number three—the management team uh, proves the input without the CEO. And so that's the thing: is that you got to get everybody's buy-in on it. And and this is where a lot of uh, bigger CEOs and and the presidents and the execs have a hard time is. Is, is a the trust factor? This is what kills a lot of companies. If you pick the leaders for a purpose, trust them. You know, and, and it's okay if you get you, you got to put your what your need is for communication, but don't micromanage. Is making sure that the communication is what is needed. Is it could be a email once a week. It could be a phone call. But if you have trust issues as as a CEO or as a as a manager, um, it's going to kill your corporations because that fear is gonna treacle down and choke it like a like you know like a weed comes into a plant. It's gonna choke it because your fear will show. So the CEO, the top manager shares their company vision. They gotta have that vision there. And the employees need to focus on the group um, that's providing the input. The employees are big on it because you got to check with the, the customers and specifically know their needs and be specific about it. So you gotta know what you're doing and clarify those things. So that's clarifying the values is what you're doing, where you're going and having an end in mind, instead of just being uh, crisis managers. And a lot of businesses do that, is they'll crisis manage. And so we built up so far for the show, We, we talked about the different types of management. We talked about what we're doing here. And when we come back from break, we're gonna tie it into the communication phase of it. And how do you deal with communication in the workplace? Got to remember, the first thing is that we're all human and we forget to communicate because there's an emotions involved and you have to understand where you're working and who you're working with. For instance, for me, I, I communicate on an emotional level. Sometimes I over communicate or under and I know that I jump right into it and get it going because if I have a goal, I'm going to go work it and I'm going to get it done. But you know, over the years, what I've been trying to learn is utilizing um, those that are around me And, you know, and we all fell at it, and we have to be conscious of that, and and, and you have to be patient with each other, because a big thing is, you know, you might have a, you got the visionary, and if you ever read a book, it's called The E-Manager, and I'm just going to take a little minute and talk about it. The E-Manager is a great book, because it talks about having the entrepreneur, the technician, and then the employees. And if you have, you got to have the visionary in it, because the entrepreneur is the one that comes up with the ideas, and they brain child them they think them, and they're the ones that you work for in any company that you work for there was an entrepreneur that decided to create it and take the risk and put the money into it so all companies work for you have to have that entrepreneur and then you have to look at the technician the technicians a little above most employees they have a little bit more qualifications because they have more skill sets and then you have the employees that make everything run all positions are, are needed and they're valued And in that book, he talks about it. You have to know which employee fits in which area because you can't put somebody that's an employee into a technician job because they're not going to know and you can't create them. um, You can't bring them from an employee and stick them into an entrepreneur like say, hey, now you own your own business and you're going to function because a lot of people like that hourly rate in the paycheck to paycheck. And that's okay because all of us are functioning in some different level. And that's what is so beauty, beautiful about it, is if you know where you fit, you're going to be more successful in what you're doing. And so clarify your mission and values, and that's what we're going to talk about is communication within the workplace. Know that first thing is that you who you are. Are you an emotional person? Do you personalize things? Do you take them serious? If you're on that level of, of systematic process, if you do take things personal when it comes to communication... Where I kind of fall is, and I'm just talking about myself here, is that a lot of times I I get going because I am the visionary, I am the entrepreneur, and I can see things and I know how to make it work, especially the industry I've been in for so long. I can see where it needs to go and how to lay it out, and I can pick the talent of individuals to fill the gaps to make sure it functions. So I can pick the technicians and I can pick the employees but a lot of times, where I have a bump in is 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 that power control, the different type of managers, because we all fall sometimes in those areas, and you have to be careful of it. Because the only way you can improve of it is if you're if you're moving forward on it and making sure you happen. So again, we're gonna go into this. Let's talk about communication. Seven three one one two three zero. If you'd like to call in, so here's some of the things that I've been hearing, and I want to just throw them out is that we talked about managing by values and the communication factor is hard because how do you communicate your needs to your boss and how do you stay out of the drama in workplaces that create from people bringing their personal lives in certain work areas and then how do you stay without getting into drama if you work in different environments? So it's an interesting economy here in Vegas because you have different economies here. You have a lot of city and then you have a lot of gaming and entertainment. And then you have the little different economy systems that help kind of fill in the gaps. And so the big thing is you have to look at what area are you in first because I'm going to teach you how to analyze things in a workplace. So number one is that if you're dealing with somebody, let's say that you're co-managing or co-working, it doesn't matter, with an individual that has certain issues. And they bring in drama and, and maybe you're also applying the drama. Sometimes we forget to step out and see where our responsibility in that Exchange of understanding that we're having. So let's say a coworker, your your job is to say stock a. Maybe you're working in a grocery store and you have to realign the store's shelves, and that's your duty. And you want to make sure that that's done a hundred percent correct. But this other employee comes in and messes things up and didn't communicate that they were told the same thing. So now you have this this falling of discommunication that this miscommunication occurs that you both are trying to do each other's job. And this occurs a lot in a lot of companies, that somebody doesn't trust another person, they go in and try to do the other person's job or they're trying to do the job to get a promotion and move up in the company. So they sometimes step on other people's and throw them under the bus. And this all has to do with the value system that the company has and, and how to get up the chain of ladder. And so when you have something like that, you have to step back and really decide as a person, is it really worth the, the frustration and stress? And say, what is it my role in this? Because a lot of times it's taking the human, the human quality and looking at the other individual and becoming calm and being responsive and responsible um, at the same time. Because you have a choice of how you're going to respond or react to that. And so if I'm looking at it, here's how you analyze it. you got to know your work environment, number one. Know your work environment and what, what kind of job you're working for. Number two is know your workers that you work with because if you're just a coworker, you're still somebody. It doesn't matter who you are. You're still valued because a lot of times we get so caught up in if I have to be something in order to count. Well, if you're not in there doing the basic, remember the E-theory is to have the entrepreneurs, the technician, and employees. You have to have the employees to make things function. And so you have to step back and say, okay, so if Johnny's the one giving you problems at work, you have to step back and say, what's Johnny's problem? You can then make him the villain, and you can create them versus us, and it's all Johnny's fault, and da-da-da-da-da, and you can take that home and then translate it onto your your spouse or your kids, and you can frust. But the biggest thing is see if you can solve it before you start venting on everybody else. Try to create the less drama. And we're all guilty of this because we'll go to one person and we'll, it's called rallying the troops. We're trying to get everybody to validate that we're right and they're wrong. And and you try to gain validation from it. And you got to stop that. So I'm going to encourage you, stop that portion of the communication before it becomes a plague. And you got to step back and say, okay, what's going on with Johnny? What's he trying to accomplish? What's his goal? Well, the only way I'm going to know is if I get involved. And it's that whole win and influence friends. And having that, you don't need to become his best friend because you don't have to socialize with everybody at work. But you have to learn why you're at work. How do I get along and create networks and get to know people in other departments? Because that's the power of networking. If they could teach this in college, you guys, all of us would be successful. I wish this was a class, Networking 101. Um, because the power of networking is, 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 is worth, you can't pay for it. You, if you learn to network, you're going to be very successful in anything you do. So networking is, is going to Johnny and saying, Johnny, tell me a little about what's going on, or just try to relate if he's in the break room. You start digging out and just becoming Johnny's friend because it's creating safety and trust. Because a lot of times in, in, in companies that have no value system, there's not a lot of trust that trickles down. Cause everybody's frustrated because then if the manager comes and bosses and he's that either micromanager or that controlling manager so you remember the two fearful managers that they got to get it done or they're going to get fired so then they don't buffer that and they translate that to anybody and so you know if you're a manager that goes around and, and uplifts everybody that's where you're going to have the strengths and power you know and that's i i remember one of my friends they they managed by values they were over stores and uh, over a store, and they would go and talk to each employee and and say, you're doing a great job. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Can you please try this a little bit more, or can you do this? And they would use please and thank you. Isn't that a concept as a boss? Because even though you think they have to do it, they don't really have to do anything. They can do it. They'll take your orders. But if you'd use please and thank you, and I know a lot of, you know, it's hard because some of them, you know, you got to know where you're coming from and what the management is. And so going back to communication, what is it that you want out of it? Where are you going with it? Or you can create drama. That's really your choice. So you have two choices. Make an effective choice of communication or create drama and stress for yourself. It really comes down to that. Because it's hard because you can't control anybody. I want you to understand that in the workplace, control is an illusion. You can sabotage. You can be very backbiting. You can gossip. You can create all sorts of things. But it's going to cause a lot of collateral damage. The best way is, if the workplace is not going to work for you, then create an exit strategy that you can move out and get another job. You don't need to quit your job. You don't need to get fired from it. Is just create that strategy to where you can start exiting out. Because if you're not happy, it's going to trickle over. If and I know that's hard because the economy is so bad, but um, you got to do it because it's going to it's going to show eventually and so you got to move forward um and so that's where we're going so communication the factors listen for understanding before you're understood knowing your coworkers knowing your position knowing your environment and playing the role that you're given and that's the huge factor of it be a team player don't try to play others roles don't think you're better than everybody else because that's the problem that you'll hit in all the management that I've seen and been in is that you'll get others that have another role but don't believe in their other coworker, And so they try to undermine and play the different roles because you have that little s- suspicious one that goes and tries to you know, get the boss to, oh, did you see so-and-so what they did and da 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 And then they go around and that's what they do. And so if you don't know your value system, And if you're sitting there going, I don't even know what my mission statement for my company is, go find it. You know, dust it off. Sometimes they don't go over it. And if they go over it every week, really take a look at what it is as a company and do you buy in and do you believe it. And then you're going to have a better job experience because you buy into it. And if it's just a job for you, if it's something to create a means to an end, then you're going to have to create a system to where you show up and do your best and forget the rest. And then when you leave at 5 o'clock, you're yourself, you're Johnny, you're Susie, whatever your name is, Mike, Joe, you go home knowing that you put in a good, honest work and you don't make it about the work because if if it, if that's your goal, that's okay. If you're looking for better and you want to get out and do more, then you have to take the risk of either going back to school, starting a business, because when the economy's down, it's actually the best time to start a business, to be honest. Because then when it goes back up, you're in a better position because low cost for things and then you set yourself up the economy and anything. If you look at the booms and busts of the economy, that's the best time to look at what is it that we need and what gap can I fill and can I do it? Do I have the means to do it? So you can take two roles on that. So guide the values in making your decisions. Make sure you identify those things and make sure that you're clarifying what you're moving forward on. So if you're a boss and you're listening, you have to look at what you're wanting to do and and move forward on that. So we're going to take a break. When we come back from break, we're going to go into the last thing is how we communicate at work. I told you, analyze where you're at, what you're doing. And when we come back from break, we're going to look at how do we communicate our values on a daily basis to move forward on it in our mission statement? We'll be right back. Today we're talking about not giving up in your workplace because a lot of us come home so frustrated and we want to throw the towel in. we want to tell our bosses or our workplace to go jump off a cliff. Right. And, and we all have had that feeling. I'm going to share it. And I'm going to put it out there for you is that we all have been in that frustration. Maybe it's because you were communicated in a wrong way one day and you felt so unvalued that you just wanted to come say, I'm done, I'm over. Uh, It's better to be poor than work for some jerk or some mean person. And sometimes we take a lot of abuse as employees. Um, And I'm not either one. We can't be the victim in it. We have to decide how we're going to react in it. And it's being proactive, not reactive, as uh, Stephen Covey always teaches us, is we really have to make sure the organization doesn't make values uh, less. But when, you values, um, when you're values, when you managing by values, it works because people do it. And that's just a given. You'll do it. Because if I'm a friend and I come to you and I say, I need you to do this because as a friend, I really value your need and I, I, I move forward on it. But even as a boss, if you share... And they know you care so much about them. As a boss, you can approach that. You don't need to say, I'm your friend. You just say, hey, Johnny, I need you to do something for me. And they really honestly believe you You have their well-being in mind. Uh, your your employees will go the extra mile. I've seen it. I've done it. And I've done it even as an employee as long as I knew somebody cared. Um, once they lose the trust, and here's something I want you to – If you honestly, if you're driving, you own a business or anything – um, if you're having struggles with your employees, give us a call. We'll we'll help you. We come in. We do trainings on that, uh, how to work through the communication and know your workplace. But the biggest thing is this, is know yourself. Because if you're frustrated and it's about the fear of losing income and you're losing your income, and so then that fear translates into your employees and that fear trickles over and I manage by fear and I come out of fear and I'm I'm telling them what to do because i'm I'm losing bills and I can't pay my bills as an employer, and so I'm getting scared you're going to create a bigger fear set because they're going to see that fear transit or trickle over, and so that'll that'll not be good um and so that that's uh going to be a big thing, so you got to make sure that you move forward on it and make sure that it it's what you're communicating and being clear on what you're communicating. So when I find this, and I want to just end on this because we talked about the communication real briefly because there's drama. Leave the drama at home. If you're an employee, if you're listening and you work for somebody, make sure you leave your drama at home. Check it at the door when you come in because it doesn't belong in the workplace. And this is hard, and I know this is really blunt and forward. And then if you're an employer, make sure you're taking care of your employees emotionally because sometimes it's really hard for them to leave it at the door. So I'm going to go both ways on this is make sure you have a program that they can get therapy, they can get counseling, coaching, whatever it is that they need to be a healthy, successful employee. Because if you've got to understand that trauma is going to come in because if you're not doing your part as an employer, making sure they're in a healthy environment, they're taking care of their needs. If they have, a, have a wellness program. Make sure they're exercising. Because the more your employees exercise, the healthier and well they're going to be. And you're going to save tons of money on medical because if you're applying, and you've heard this, and I know as an employer, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, because if you're making sure your employees are healthy, they're going to the gym, if you're paying certain things, you're helping them, it's going to lower your cost and your overhead by you know, 30 know 20% if they're going to the gym if you do some sort of health program for them. Because now they're going to be healthy and wealth, wealthy. And then also, and that's the next one, is healthy and wealthy. Make sure your employees understand how to manage their money. And this is a concept I've 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 asked employers a lot when I went around and I talked to them as are you helping your employees budget and manage your money and they go why would we have to that's not our you don't have to you offer it you offer budgeting programs you offer how do I manage it you offer you bring in a third party to do financial uh planning for them how huge would that be for an employee knowing that their employer does things like that and don't don't half half uh do it halfway I almost said something else. don't halfway do it really sincerely. if you were in their seat and all of us have been there, you need to look at what would I need as somebody that's living paycheck to paycheck to make sure and it comes from I love the richest man in Babylon teaches this theory. Where the king was out building so much, and he's doing so well, and they are bringing in so much economy into the environment, and in the in the story as he tells it, because it comes from a Babylon, uh, you know, era, where he, the king's building the kingdom or Babylon, and the king's like, why are my people so poor? We're building so many things, and I'm giving so much money out, but he realized that. They didn't know how to manage their money. And so what the king did is employed the richest man in Babylon, as the story goes. And he says, well, you teach and train teachers how to teach my people to be wealthy and manage their money so that our kingdom, not only us as the, the top people are wealthy, but the whole kingdom is wealthy. Isn't that a concept? Hmm. Go figure. So if you actually did that as an employer... It doesn't matter if you're a big casino to a small little business. I don't care how big you are because here's the thing is if you take care of your people, just like, uh, the gentleman that ran Marriott cas- uh, hotels, he understood the value at the early age of that uh, hotel. And if you read the biography, you can learn a lot about history is that he put money into his people. And and that's really the key is that if you have Assist system to make sure they are valued. It doesn't matter if you're a small little business and you're you're working. If you don't know your people, even if you're disconnected, if you own a, a business in the East Coast, and the West Coast, and you don't know what they're doing, you need to make sure you know there's people. And, and it's funny, I know it's a TV show, but Undercover Boss tries to do that, where they go in and they make the CEO go under vest. You know, he comes in and sneaks around and pretends like he's somebody else, and they get to see it. I know it is reality TV and they puff it up a little bit. Um, but if they really take the concept and honestly take it to heart and, and, you, and you look at then you can learn from it. Because a lot of times what they're shown is that the CEO and the bigger people don't really know what the smaller people are doing or the hardships that are going on. So if you make it about they're not human doings, they're human beings. So I'm talking about employer side. And then as employees, if you come to it and you verbalize because you have to share your opinion but here's the problem. As employees, if we share our opinion, we're a fear of what? We're a fear of getting fired or being laid off because somebody doesn't like the squeaky wheel sometimes. And so they know that there's dysfunction. And if the, the leaders above don't know what they're doing and they're having a hard time and they don't want to admit they need help because maybe they were employed by somebody else to do the job and they have a fear that they don't know what the job is or they don't understand it. So it's about pride to make sure there's no... Uh, so a lot of times you get scared to share because they might take that as an offense and personalize it. But here's the thing, you can't you can't own it. Because if you see it, you're a creative type of person. You can put your opinions in and you can ask if you would like the, a suggestion. But you know, you aren't the top owner. You're not anything. So sometimes you just got to sit back and take notes because it's an education because that means something great's coming for you. So here's the thing is that Sometimes when you work for a company, you're taking notes and learning what not to do when you go into a next company or you start your own. So don't take it as a bad thing. Take it as a turn it into an educational experience or learn to how to communicate as a person. So here's the thing. Last thing is always remember, go in with the intent. Have the end in mind. Know how you're going to communicate. Really look at people as human beings and they all want to be valued. That's the thing. The shock and wow is if you turn around and value, they'll value you. And always remember Vegas. Always, always. And remember this, never give up on yourself and others around you. Until next time, I'm Matthew Cox, your host, and we'll see you next week. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Driven Person Podcast. Something I said today resonated with you. Head over to my website. I would love to give you a free gift to download. But you can also email me at PurposeDrivenPerson at gmail.com. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And remember, guys, always continue to push your dreams and never give up. I'll see you next time. Take care.